0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 119, 2013 Predictions, recorded December 19th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This is our last recording of the year 2012 and our first release of the year 2013. So we're recording it uh at the uh, the end of the year two days before the uh, mayan um, prediction of the apocalypse uh, so if you're hearing this, they were wrong
1: uh, right we're're uh, we're, we're recording this on faith
0: that's right, and more <laughs> precisely, it's not that they were wrong it's that the crackpots who predicted said that they predicted the end of the 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 world were wrong right uh so my name is Mark that guy over there he's Sean hi.
1: Hey Mark, how are things? Here, as always, I'm sorry. What was that? How are things? Uh, good, good. I mean, they've been better. Uh, I think I complained about this on a Monday night show. I'm I'm a little bit under the weather, so, uh, but I'm pressing on because yes. I'm dedicated to you, the listener. Yes, we're uh, we've
0: recorded a show on Monday and a show on Wednesday for the last two weeks to to bank these episodes so that uh, I'm taking uh next week the last week of the year christmas week off i'm not doing any shows that week so uh we didn't want you to miss any content some of the other shows those hosts weren't quite as um conscientious as sean is and they just said yeah i don't care we're just not gonna do a show <laughs> but for this show we're dedicated we're bringing it to you and uh we're doing a uh new spin well new to us anyway Actually, this whole thing is new. We've never done a year ahead or a predictions episode. We've done the the wrap-up thing. But what we thought we'd do, instead of uh, us predicting what you might see for the year 2013, we're going to tell you what the experts are predicting. That way, when they're wrong, we can laugh at them instead of you laughing at us.
1: Right. Right. Well, and we can put our own little spin on it, too. So, yeah, it kind of surprises me what this is our... Is this our third new year that we'll be doing on the show? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've always done a wrap-up, but we've never really done a look forward. Yeah, the fourth birthday
0: of the Tidewad Tech will be uh, this April, this coming April. So, yeah, this is our third,
1: third new year. Gosh, it's hard to believe that much time's gone by. Uh,
0: yeah, 119 episodes. Uh, of course, we missed three or four months there uh this summer with right. with me
1: moving but uh,
0: yeah we were we were doing really really well there for a long time
1: <laughs> all right so shall we you know mark i uh, in preparing the show notes i grabbed a bunch of different predictions there's no shortage of them out there i probably could have listed 300 or 400 if i wanted to but because I everybody's
0: the- doing prediction shows and wrap up shows and articles because they all want to take the week after christmas off too
1: that's right that's right so yeah i i grabbed a bunch certainly uh i don't think we'll get to all of them so we can just i think maybe uh sort of round robin we can we can go back and forth and just kind of uh, uh pick one off that we we want to talk about and uh we'll go for uh, about the next hour
0: well uh first off what is ciol that's one of the sources you've quoted there i don't know who they are
1: you know that's just that's just a site i found uh let me I've got to go back over to it um yeah, because it's just ciol dot com. It's making it your advantage, uh, but they had uh, top global technology predictions for 2013, and uh, their list had some you know interesting items on it. So I figured I'd throw it in there.
0: Cyber Media is the name of the company, so maybe it's Cyber Media International Online.
1: Got Sounds good. Sure. Yeah, I like it.
0: <laughs> All right, so. uh What's your first prediction? Wow us, Sean. Uh,
1: I'm going to start off with, uh, we, we got a number of them from ZDNet, uh, and I'm going to go with the, the very first one. Most companies will look past Windows 8 to Windows 9. I'd say whatever. that's a safe prediction. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not anything. Now, some of these predictions aren't necessarily, uh, specific to 2013. Some of them are kind of like, well, things that we'll, we'll see trend through 2013, but you know, on through 2016 or 17. And, um, uh, that's kind of how this prediction was that, you know, over the next few years, there's really not going to be a great adoption of Windows 8 in the corporate, uh, in the corporate space. Uh, so, you know, if, uh, if you're like, like I am, I mean if you if you have a network and you're you're kicking that idea around, uh, obviously you're in bed with many others because uh, I don't see us switching to Windows eight. Windows seven works so well um there's there's really no point,
0: yeah, there are a lot of companies that are just now getting to Windows seven. You know they skipped Vista and they moved straight from from XP. And they're just now beginning their roll out of Windows 7. There's just no way um, any kind of large enterprise and, and you know, by large, I'm going to say 600 computers in op is, is, is going to do that. I mean, some might, but for the most part, a, there's no competitive advantage to putting Windows 8 on existing hardware. Uh, you really need new hardware with the touchscreen and, and design for Windows 8 and companies and, and, and schools aren't doing that. And B, you don't want to manage a fleet of mixed environments. So you're going to wait until you can move everybody.
1: Well, and I think another big, uh, a big part of that equation is, uh, you know, the, the mobile market tablets and, and cell phones and whatnot. And I think as those become more integrated into our business and personal lives, uh, a, an operating system like that is going to make more sense because you can move more seamlessly between those devices. Um, So, you know, you'll have more of a unified sort of uh, uh, platform, but uh, we're just not quite there yet. You know, I I can see in schools, you know, when maybe half of your devices are better are are tablets and and things of that nature, like you said, touch touch interactive devices, um, then maybe that's where you do want to have that same, that same OS on the desktop as you're going to see on your, your tablet device or whatever. And that that's, you know, assuming a lot that, you know, uh, Windows tablets are going to take off. I think it's
0: a little presumptuous to say they're going to move to Windows 9, considering nobody's seen Windows 9.
1: Right, right, yeah. Well, certainly, uh, I, at the very least, we'll be looking beyond Windows 8.
0: Yeah, Microsoft certainly seems to be fixed on this uh, tablet OS. I mean, that's what they're going for. They're they're not abandoning the desktop, but uh, they're certainly moving away from it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason to think that they're going to put out another Windows Seven or Windows XP or Windows Vista like OS. So, uh, it, it I'm not convinced that people are going to move to Windows Nine.
1: Right. Right. Okay. All right. You're next.
0: Um, I'm going to look at this one that I think is is delightfully vague also from cdnet uh says that uh three out of the five top phone companies uh mobile phone manufacturers will be chinese well um can you think of any right now nokia
1: that aren't chinese right right and there's a big player out there huawei which uh a lot of people may not even be really familiar with but uh they're they're huge they're uh, a mobile provider in china, and they uh literally now there's there was an uproar because they actually have purchased land in the united states and so there was there was a big uproar about a a foreign country coming in and and buying land and uh basically they want to build out their own cell network in the united states
0: yeah i think uh it's it's interesting that description you know the the Handset makers says uh, mobile handset makers. Well, all of the mobile handset makers right now are Chinese. They just sell to Apple and Nokia and uh, you know HTC, but they're all made in China. You know, so it's right. it, it, it all depends on uh, or Taiwan. So it all depends on how you define that. So there really um, there really only about two or three manufacturers of mobile handsets right now and they're all in China and they just put different labels on different stuff. Right. So anyway, that's it. The, the best way to make sure that your prediction comes true is to say nothing during your prediction.
1: <laughs> all right. I'm going to jump on. I, and maybe, maybe it is best since, so we can just kind of work off of the same website. Uh, I'll stick with ZD net as well. uh, I like this one and it, uh it's 40% of global 1000 companies will use gamification as primary vehicle to transform business operations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, now you know I know it sounds it sounds funny but when you really start to wrap your your mind around this and I watched a uh, there was a TED talk that I watched uh just the other day and uh there's a a, a game developer the, the the lady that was the speaker was a game developer And she was basically touching on just this sort of thing that how gaming gaming is going to change the world, and it all sounded kind of funny up front and uh, and everything. But you know she started talking about the uh, billions of hours that uh, people spend gaming uh, every year or whatever, and um, you know she was putting some numbers to it. And then uh, of course there's the uh, what is it ten thousand hours of mastery, Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: and uh, basically what she said is by you know, current generations by their twenty-first birthday, they will have put in ten thousand hours worth of gaming time. Uh, so, you know, she she went on to talk about you know that's that's uh it's obviously a popular type of uh, interface, and that now uh, that is kind of where companies are looking to go in the future, and uh, even game developers are looking to uh, to. Uh, sort of turn gaming into, uh, I don't know, just a a new thing, not just about playing games, but about uh, sort of crowdsourcing solutions. So some of the games that she's working on developing uh, are like games that uh, the goal is to uh, fix a water shortage problem in Africa. And so you have thousands and thousands of gamers, uh, and they're actually coming up with creative solutions and solutions that nobody else has, has thought of yet. Um, so once you start thinking of it in those terms, uh, you know, business can be the same way. I mean, if, if a business has a, a certain solution that they, they want to come up with a problem that they want to come up with a solution, um, uh, you know, basically gamifying that, uh, it, it actually gets people's buy in more, uh, you know, in people and younger generations, uh, they, they get much more. Uh, focused attention uh, on these problems when they're in the format of a game. Uh, So I thought it was a really interesting concept. Uh, Maybe something that our generation will never get, you know, but uh, uh, something that we're going to see, I think, evolve in the future.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to move on to the next article, the CIOL source. Um, Gartner predicts the mobile app downloads will be 81 point4 billion for the year 2013 not 81 billion, 81 point four um, right and they measured it at 45 point six so basically they're saying about a 80 uh, percent increase in mobile app downloads I actually I think that's fairly reasonable. I, I don't have any reason to disagree with the I, I think the numbers are fairly arbitrary, but uh, I think that the the trend is probably about right on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh yeah, that was one I thought wasn't necessarily going to be uh awe-inspiring by any means. I think we we all know that's the direction that it's going, but uh Gartner certainly a prestigious uh analyzer of these types of numbers and uh, and forecaster. Uh so if if that's the number they're putting on it, it's probably going to be fairly ac- uh, accurate. Um and it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, more, more of these mobile phones, the networks are getting more, more robust tablets are exploding. Uh, yeah. But you know, uh, 81.4 billion downloads and probably $20 revenue.
0: Yeah. And, uh, two, uh, 79.6 billion of them will be fart apps and flashlights. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm jumping back up to ZD net. Uh, Big data job shortages. Uh, this one was kind of interesting, and uh, it, it again is one of those things that makes sense. But um, uh, basically, there's it's one of these big data. I guess you know, working with uh, server rooms and things like that, and uh, cloud storage, and you know, all those types of things uh, that the, that's g- going to be such a big exploding job market and there's not going to be enough people to fill all the jobs that are needed um and it went on to talk about how the fact that even if current you know if universities really started to gear up that side of education right now that they won't have enough people to fill those jobs and, until at least 2016 that you know we would be graduating students ready to work in that uh in that uh, industry, I guess. You so. know, I, I
0: never, I never buy those kind of predictions because the reality is there are never shortages. Companies train from within; they, they, you know, get people who aren't really quote educated, but find a way to do the job. If a job needs to be done, people find ways to do it. These, these manufactured quote unquote shortages of people. Yeah, there may not be enough people with degrees uh, in the subject matter but how many people working in jobs today don't have a degree in the subject matter that they're doing? You know, it's a very large percentage.
1: Just me raising my hand.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. And you're right. Cause uh, I, I, the numbers quoted are 4.4 million jobs will be created by big data. And only a third of those jobs will be filled. And uh, I, I put this one up cause I knew that was exactly where you were going to go, Mark. We've had this discussion in the past and Right. Not a third of those jobs will be filled. A hundred percent of those jobs will be filled. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's another reason I wanted to include it as well, because uh, it is just a look into the future is, you know, there's an expanding area. Um, and, you know, it's good to be working in technology. I mean, you know, who knows? Uh, well, you know, either one of us could end up, uh, you know, transitioning into that industry i mean you just never know if you work in technology at all uh you you never know where you may be uh four or five years from now so um so yeah i thought it i thought it was interesting but i totally agree with you mark i mean those jobs are going to be filled right my job, or it's going to be like a third it will be a third of the guys and they'll be exhausted they'll be your hair all in a mess guys that have a cot in the server room uh yeah
0: and, and who's to say that jobs have to come from college graduates anymore? You know, you just did the whole thing about gamification. I think companies – wait, wait, That I'm, I'm going to hold off. That may be my prediction. No, nah, I'm going to say it anyway. I think companies are going to start looking for alternative solutions. So, so it may be the high school kid who has an understanding of big data a, because he grew up in it who's going to be consulting – for the fortune 100 company because there's a shortage and because he can meet that need right right but take the the job i'm in right now you know uh, for the last 6 months i've been working uh for a hospital system uh with a, an electronic medical record this is a major hospital system with uh, i think six up to uh, up to six hospitals now and uh dozens if not hundreds of practices thousands of people uh involved in this and they're doing this massive rollout of this new electronic uh, uh medical record system and on my team my particular team of people uh, there's about 100 people on on that team um i would say 20 of them have a technical background the rest of them okay. uh came in from other places within the system they're nurses they're uh practice managers for doctors offices or things like that and they're doing technical jobs so it's a, fine, a prime example of the fact that the company either trained the people to do the job or, um, you know, gave them objectives and gave them the freedom to find a way to do it. Uh, so these these things are bogus when they talk about it. yeah By that uh, standard, out of the 100 people on my team, 88 of them aren't, quote, qualified to do the job. But they're doing the job just fine, thank you very much.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I've always been a big believer in uh, OJT, you know, on-the-job training. Um, because you see it all the time anyway, you know, you get, uh, college graduates comes fresh out of college and don't know a, a thing about right. doing the job. So, you know, uh, you, you, you have to get OJT anyway, regardless. My first uh, three
0: months on the job was intensive training. I did nothing but study and take tests and get certifications for three months. And now I'm doing the job. So I am now quote qualified. I didn't come out of college qualified. I didn't even start the job qualified, but they did. They gave me the tools, and they hired the talent, and they made it happen. And I think that's what companies are going to do.
1: Right, right. It'll be more about, uh, yeah, looking into what what are the specific talents of of an individual uh, rather than necessarily their credentials.
0: And unnamed experts say that uh, wireless traffic will reach 400 petabytes per month. Uh, Currently, it's nine exabytes. Those are big numbers. Um, So it goes megabytes, gigabytes, terabytes, exabytes, petabytes, if I remember correctly. So uh, we are going to go um, two to three orders of magnitude more mobile data in 2013 than we have in 2012. I'm, I'm not sure I buy that, frankly, because um, you know the, the major companies are having a hard time. AT&T is having a hard time matching what it's got now. you know. Right. And, and uh, uh, Sprint and Verizon have for years been jumping up and down saying, we've got the best network. See, bring your iPhone to us and, and we're great. And then we brought the iPhone to them and they crumbled. So I don't know if we're going to be able to support 400 peta- petabytes a month, let alone the fact that it's going to cost roughly a trillion dollars per person to use that much data at the way data plans cost right now.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe that's something we can look forward to is a change in the way that uh, data plans are priced out.
0: Yeah. Has yours gotten cheaper since you had a smartphone?
1: No, no, of course not. Uh, And speaking of uh, smartphones, I'll just say this one. And I don't think this, this is an aha at all, but uh, we'll see the galaxy S four go up versus the iPhone 5s. Oh, hum. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, enough said. I think. <laughs> I mean, who uh, who doesn't see that one coming? I'm sure before the the year is out, we'll have the Galaxy S5 versus iPhone 6.
0: Right, and, and there, and the fact is, they will be exactly the same phone. One of them will have you know two megapixels wider resolution, and the other one will have you know a slightly better camera. And they're both going to have you know nuclear fusion devices built into them, you know because that, that technology is is both fully mature and rapidly advancing, so uh, you know at this point, um, there is such a parody I, I just can't really imagine anybody coming out and throwing down the gauntlet and saying, "Beat this, boys." Uh, Apple did that clearly with the iPhone uh, BlackBerry did that before Apple. I, I just don't I don't know what there is left. Anymore more to do but maybe that's the thing somebody's going to come along and and throw down something we've never seen before
1: well that's kind of what i'm wondering mark i know uh and we used to love to have these conversations uh but you know the uh the flexible display technology uh is is coming along quite nicely and i'm starting to wonder if this is the year we finally start to see uh that kind of stuff worked into uh you know these devices um and then I wonder how that will will transform them. I mean, will you have a cell phone that you sort of unfold like the newspaper? Well, I mean when you, when you uh,
0: here here's kind of the me reading the tea leaves. you got Google Glass, you got the Google Fiber Project,
1: which is very cool. Google right. Glass is awesome.
0: And you got the Google self- navigating cars. I think they're going to combine those things, and you're going to have a car with a head up display that is autonomous. And they're just going to walk out and go, "Boom, that just happened."
1: <laughs> just drop it on us.: Yes, huh. I wonder if we, the lab rats, can wrap our minds around all that at once.:
0: But uh, I, th- I read an interesting article recently. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been a guy at Google. It might have been somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but he, he said, if you, if you take the autonoma, uh, take the cars and make them all autonomous uh, and do away with ownership. So that you you rent a service rather than buying a car, so a, an autonomous car knows your schedule, knows to pick you up in the morning uh, and take you to work, and then goes off and serves other people, and then comes back when you're ready to to go home from work. Imagine the money you could save as a as a large company on parking lots if you could do that uh, yeah, yeah and uh, and this guy was talking about you know google it's one of the reasons they're putting their money into this is not to benefit the world it's to make to save money on parking lots, you know, and those are some of the, the things that you don't think about uh, when, when you wonder why Google does what they do when you're that big, if you can find a way to, to, to turn your parking lots into usable space, you, you invest millions of dollars in it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, when I worked in finance, I worked in a uh, 11 story building that we owned and Uh, the footprint of that building compared to the parking space we had around that building was probably on the order of four or five to one right so the building took up one one of those blocks and then the rest was parking and then part of that was a park uh, a two-story parking garage so uh, you know that was costly as well uh yeah yeah absolutely you give a human a cube that is
0: like eight feet by six feet you give the car they drove in a space that is 8 feet by 16 feet. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the cost of the asphalt and paving and everything right. else is probably more expensive than that uh, that cube is as well.
0: All right, is it my turn or is it your turn? I lost track. Uh,
1: I think it's your turn now. Okay,
0: it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to move into something that I think is interesting. The Long Island Exchange predicts, that uh, there will be an increased use of mobile devices in medicine. Um, and one of the reasons I, I picked that up is because, uh, you know, I talk about my job here. One of the things that, uh, that is, comes along with this system that we're selling is a mobile, is a, a handheld app for uh, iPhone. I don't think it's on Android yet. Maybe the, uh, I don't remember. Uh, but I can see that happening just, um, you know, people look at that and they're thinking the, the medical tricorder where you just scan something. But really where it's going to happen is in patient communication and in, uh, you know, just notification of of appointments and prescriptions and things like that. They're going to take these mobile devices that people already have and leverage them to to make their offices and their infrastructure more efficient. Uh, It's not necessarily going to be the big, uh, dramatic, uh, handheld, cure-you-of-all-disease mobile device.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and I think I uh I, I saw a little bit of that this this past year I have a friend that's uh undergoing some uh fairly extensive uh medical treatment and he had uh basically I think they might have been emailed to him or whatever but it was uh you know like his own scans, you know you could see like your own x-rays and stuff uh uh and they can just shoot it right to you and you can display it on your phone. I mean, um that kind of stuff is uh, is pretty cool, uh, and maybe that's just it. Maybe at some point we'll have this uh, this like scanner thing that we'll just you know it'll be on every street corner or something. We'll just go step in it and it'll scan us, and then it'll just shoot something to our mobile device and let us know you know whatever might be wrong with us. You know you're gonna get the flu in three days.
0: <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be that grandiose. You know the company uh, just over I think it was 2012. It might have been 2011 and 2012. But in the last couple of years, the company called Square. Introduce that little thing that you plug into your iPhone, and you can scan credit cards. And think of right. you know how that revolutionized business. You know people um, like at flea markets now, you can go to a a, a a trades day sort of thing, and everybody there has one of those apps. All right. Well, what if a company does um, a a blood draw thing where you you give put a drop of blood into a thing, plug it into your phone, it sends the analysis to the doctor. It doesn't have to be smart. About right. the results, it just has to say I measured these counts of these substances. Sends that to the doctor, and there's your blood test done over the phone instantaneously.
1: Awesome! Yeah, I love that. That's pretty cool. I
0: totally just made that up. I think I need to go but patent the Technology's
1: that. there. That's the sick thing. I mean, all you need is like the device, right? The little, you know.
0: Yeah, I need that. to go. I need to go quickly file for a patent and get to work on that. I right. wonder <laughs> if there's any room on Shark Tank next week. <laughs>
1: Well, along those same lines, Mark, I'm going to go to the futurist, which has uh, uh, they are they're predicting a disease breathalyzer. So basically a device that you would breathe into much like a blood alcohol breathalyzer, uh, but it would be able to uh, analyze uh, compounds in your breath that would uh, be indicators of uh, potential disease or other medical problems.
0: That's cool. And if yep. you get drunk, you know that'll be you'll be busted for that. You'll get uh, a diagnosis and a ticket at the same
1: time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I I thought that would be cool. Uh, and that's uh, the single breath disease diagnostics breathalyzer. So this is actually under development. I mean, this is not something that you know, uh, like we were just talking about something that hasn't even really been uh, you know thought of yet. There's there's a company working on this, and they they've got special sensor chips that are coated with nano wires that can pick up on these particles in your breath i mean it's uh sounds wild but uh you know these are the things that they're working on
0: and and speaking of uh the futurist article uh junk energy which i thought was a great one there's there's all this uh noise your cars and your uh construction outside makes noise that's energy those are waves of of energy being transmitted, the your Wi-Fi after it hits your device and delivers the data, the radio waves keep going, and that's just that's just garbage in the system. They call it junk energy, and so um, companies are going to start harnessing that. I've actually already seen um, uh, devices, prototype devices, that will charge your phone based off of w- harnessing Wi-Fi signals. Um, you know, because you, you're saturated by them pretty much wherever you are anyway. Uh, and so they're converting those into like a trickle charger that'll keep your phone topped off. It's not enough to charge it but i the the futurist says that those sort of things these these this energy that we waste that just go once it's done its job, it moves on. We're gonna start to reclaim that energy. That's a cool idea
1: yeah yeah i I look forward to that. I remember when we saw that uh that device what mark was uh did Google have a hand in that? Do I remember right? I don't remember. I remember us talking about that. That was a couple years ago, even, I think so. Uh, but that goes to show you too. I mean, the idea has been around for a while and we're still not seeing it uh, exactly widespread. That's a good point. Um, I'll, I'll stick with the futurist and go with, uh, basically corporate reputations will be even more valuable slash perilous. Um, and, uh, it completely makes sense. But, uh, so this was another one. There's not a whole lot of ahas here, but, uh, but it's something to think about, right? So, uh, with everybody, you know, in some way or another, uh, the, the world's becoming this smaller little social town and, uh, it's very easy to either, Uh, If you've done a good job, be, you know, known about it, or if you've done a bad job, uh, everybody knows about it. Uh, So basically, I think it's more of a prediction of just social media is going to be even more important. That's probably a better way to put it.
0: They refer to it as the rateocracy, the everything has a plus button or a like button or a rate button, you know. Um, here, a good example here, I moved to a new metropolitan area. I'm looking for everything. I'm looking for doctors. I'm looking for mechanics. I'm looking for restaurants because I have no basis here. So I'm doing a lot of that stuff online. You know, before I order Chinese food, I go to Yelp and see who has four stars.
1: You know, I do the same thing. I have the Yelp app. I mean, you know, if you're looking for, you know, you want to go out on date night or whatever. You're like, okay, I got to come up with a restaurant and, Unless you want to go to one of the same old, same olds. But if you want to come up with something new, the only way you have to really find out anymore is you got to go out and look and see how people have rated the places. Right. Yeah. I and was, I you know, oftentimes I've found places that on the surface, I'm like, oh, this looks like a great place. Then I go into the ratings and they talk about how they got horrible service and cockroaches right. were crawling over their toes. And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna go there. Right. And so that's that's
0: what they're talking about. How the and and I think that's probably true for the small and medium businesses but uh the big companies i mean has anybody ever rated a t and t customer service high ever once you know right. or how about comcast how about uh, delta airlines uh i think there are certain uh, there's a there's a tipping point at which become you at which you become immune to that uh it just doesn't matter you know McDonald's right. does not have the best burgers, but they sell more of them than anyone else
1: right. But yeah, I mean, but you do make a good point, and probably people listening to this show uh, fall more into that category if they're working in business anyway. Is that small to medium sized business where it's more and more becoming your lifeblood? You know, and you you almost are required to have somebody to manage that uh, that face of the company. You know, um, it's funny though too because uh, oftentimes when I'm looking at these ratings you can almost tell that there's corporate plants in there. Right. So, you know, you'll you'll see this restaurant or whatever and there'll be nine just absolutely tearing the place apart, talking about how horrible it is, and then there's one guy in there. It was the most exquisite dining opportunity I've ever had, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: you see a lot of those on Amazon. Right? There's nine hundred one star ratings and three five star ratings who right. who say something totally different than everybody else. It's like, okay, those are clearly companies, uh company shills. <laughs> uh so i'm going to go back to the long island exchange and uh they uh make a prediction that i i think is half right it says want a want a job better be connected social media savvy are more likely to get a job um i think that's half right i think people who uh know how to hide their antics best on social media Will get the job. I don't think uh, having a LinkedIn page gets anybody a job. I think having a Facebook page loses people jobs.
1: Well, especially if it's you know, margarita night, Friday night. I can't wait to get trashed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, I had uh, when I was when I was in the position you have right now, and I was looking to hire somebody. Uh, I had a, a guy uh, send a resume and then friend me. Uh, or friend uh, the 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 school page on Facebook, and uh, I thought, all right, I'll go check him out. And and it was like that. Every post was like, I got so hammered last night. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be late to work today. Um, yeah. And you just first off, you applied for a job, and then you friended me and said, hey, look at me, look at. It. And so every post was either about going out and getting drunk, getting laid, or uh, the he was in a rock band. And where their next gig was, and he and sometimes it was all three of them we we had a good gig, I got late, and I came home wasted. Oh, I'm not going to hire you, man. never it's not going to happen
1: right, right, yeah, it amazes me uh I don't know, I'm somewhere in the vicinity of maybe three hundred friends quote unquote friends on uh on Facebook, and uh you know they're uh loosely acquaintances at best for the most part um but it just amazes me to watch some of the stuff that people post. I'm thinking, you know, that's out there. Now there's certain ways that, you know, Facebook's gotten better at being able to control who can see what and things of that nature. But I'm thinking most people don't really take the time to pay any attention to a lot of that anyway. They're just, you know, spewing their, uh, their daily lives, uh, good or bad. And, uh, it's kind of funny because we all have a a work and a private life. And in the past it was very easy to keep those separate and now it's uh, it's not so easy. You have to be careful. Right.
0: All right, Sean, we're let's pick one more. You pick one, I'll pick one and then we'll do our own predictions.
1: Okay. Um I want to go with uh neuroscience may be able to predict what you do before you do it.
0: Ah, uh, the old deterministic point of view.
1: Yeah, I like this. I've seen some things uh, about this, and uh, neuroscientists have been working heavily in uh, blood flow to the brain. So uh, when you go to do a certain task, like let's say pick a pencil up off the desk, uh, blood flow in certain parts of your brain increase right before you do that task. So it's kind of like you, at some level, you know what you want to do, but right before you actually... Think or make action to do it. That blood flow increases, and then so they can tell what you're going to do. So they've been mapping these things out, and uh, but we're talking about you know what nanoseconds before. I mean, right. the, the time frames are so ridiculous that yeah, we're not going to be able to you know like uh, oh, what was the movie with Tom Cruise where they could tell you were going to murder Minority someone? Report, right? Right. Uh, so we're not talking about this kind of stuff, but uh, it's still I thought was pretty. It's very interesting.
0: Yeah it makes a better headline for th- for them to use the word predict but really the word is detect they're going to detect your intentions they're not going to predict anything
1: right right
0: cuz prediction would be and and there are people who believe they can do that now you know uh uh what was it i think it was bf skinner said uh, you know you give me uh, a newborn child and the freedom to uh create a surrounding anywhere around it any way I choose, and I will make you any kind of man you want it to be you know the the idea of determinism has been around for a long time that i can d- I can tell you what you're gonna do I can predict your behavior uh, actuaries have gotten pretty good at it actually um, yes. you know actuaries uh make their uh living off of uh reading trends and predicting behaviors and and patterns off of it but that's still just detection of patterns it's not it's not predetermination at least i don't think so
1: i agree i agree
0: so uh okay my last one that i wanted to pick is um sort of a i don't know it's it's a it's again it's it's a, a sensationalism for a headline but I think it's playing with semantics. Books will will continue to become obsolete uh, as tablet sales uh, will rise to around 230 million. Okay, paper-bound books will never be obsolete. They will be less prevalent, but we still call it reading. We still call it books. I just downloaded The Greatest Book. So you're just playing with words there. The, the, uh, The format of chapters and and pages and text in uh in paragraph form is not going anywhere in the year 2013
1: right right well and even like you said paper bound aren't necessarily but there's that trend i'm i'm wondering though if uh i don't know i mean will it happen in our lifetime i mean books last that long so i guess we can't say that books will just completely go away but um you know, certainly when our generations start to die off, uh, the last generations of people who actually enjoy picking something up and flipping a page and having that tactile uh, feedback, uh, we're it's going to kind of die off with us, I think.
0: Well, and I'm ready for that to go now. That's so clunky,
1: and 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 the book, you know, I, the just book, the room that it takes up. I've I've got a bookshelf. Right. With, I, I my bookshelf has so many books on it that I've had to stack other books on top of it because I just don't have enough actual shelf space. Um, that's something that if I could just take all of those books, get the digital copy, put them on uh, on a tablet or on my computer or something, that entire thing could go away. I would throw it in the trash happily or maybe have a little bonfire.
0: Yeah, and so what we need to do is combine two stories there and, and have uh, uh, the iPad's front-facing camera do face and eye tracking and know when you've gotten to the bottom of the page and scroll up for you so that you don't have to tap. You don't have to turn a page. The text knows when you've read it and moves on for you. That would be uh, the smoother way to have that whole interface work.
1: (laughs) So maybe that's where medical, the whole medical and tech come together then, right? Because then the problem is like, my iPad is, is not tracking my eyes. There's a, there's a problem with my eyes. Right. You, it just detected
0: lazy eye. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> Dude, I am weighing down gold in this show. People need to be paying me royalties for these ideas.
1: <laughs> yeah. Five years from now, we'll be able to listen back and go, billions. We missed out on billions <laughs> on that show. <laughs> Sean, have you ever
0: invented something? but not never did anything about it. And then later saw your invention and thought, Oh man, that yes. could have been me.
1: I, you know, I just, uh, the, the guy that, uh, I work with, uh, his name's Johnny. And, uh, I was just talking to him the other day about that because I, I told him, I said, Johnny, I had the greatest idea. It was, it was like earth shatteringly awesome. Going to change the world type of technology invention. And, I said, and if I could just remember remember what it was, I, I could tell you about it right now. I said, but I'll tell you when I remember it. Will be when some nineteen year old billionaire uh, is on the front page of the Wall Street Journal because he actually invented right. it. So,
0: Johnny, your the your work coworker used to be my student, and uh, he used to say he was because what I'm doing here now. I used to do all the time. I still do. it. I make predictions. I read patterns. I like doing that. He used to say, I'm going to write down every prediction you make. Um, and, you know, when you said it was going to happen in the next five years, ten years, and I'm going to come back and see how often you were right. And I predicted he wouldn't do it. It turns out I was right.
1: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> that's why we're on here. And we're not sitting in our castle on the hill. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh now that we've read the predictions of others, we're going to make our own predictions. And I'm going to let Sean go first. What what is your prediction for 2013?
1: Uh I put that the uh the iPhone will be less relevant. So, I mean I think that already kind of happened in in 2012, but uh you know, it's it's really lagging behind. It seems like Apple has tried to up their production cycle, you know, shorten their production cycle to try and keep up with the uh, the Android phones. Um, but it seems more and more like it's that device that's actually, it's lagging behind. Um, and that, uh, so I, I think it's just, it's going to fall fall further, uh, further back and that uh, this will be the year that, uh, I mean, Android already is, has, you know the majority of the market but i think uh this is the year that android really shines and the iphone kind of starts to uh fall back
0: all right here's my prediction uh 2012 we're going to look back and say was the heyday of facebook by the end of 2013 it will be a shadow of its current state
1: wow wow I'm going to add on to that, Mark, because I was thinking about Twitter. You know, it's funny. They had been talking for years about how they're going to monetize Twitter, and I think by the end of 2013, um, it's going to be fairly irrelevant. I think,
0: uh, you know, Facebook's going to be around a while, but it's not going to be uh, what it is now. It's not going to be uh, a billion users with uh, 600 million of them uh, active. It's not going to be at, uh, you know, uh, what a billion dollars in cash or whatever it is. Uh, that's they have sung their sang their swan song and just don't know is it sung or sang. They have sung their swan song and they just don't know it yet. I don't know what's going to replace it. Um, it maybe Google Plus. Google Plus is really coming on strong at the end of 2012. Uh, but something is going to replace it, and Facebook uh, Facebook is going to be a has been by the end of 2013. That's a bold prediction, but that's the one I'm making.
1: Yeah, I I've, have been kicking that idea around too, Mark. Because uh, it seems like a lot of these other social apps um, are are becoming popular, and it just doesn't seem like people want to consolidate everything. You know, um, what is the one that the that the women all use? Uh, Pinterest. Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got Pinterest and Foursquare and all these different things, um, and people just seem to kind of. Latch on to what you know, whatever fits their lifestyle and the things that they like to do. And I, I'm starting to wonder if we can ever really have one, you know, one to rule them all.
0: I think, yeah, I think we're. This is, uh, if anybody's going to do that in the years to come, in the next five to six years, it's going to be Google, and they're going to do it by diversifying their services as they have. They they already provide so many services, maps and and mail. And phone service and search and all that. I think they're the ones poised to be the next in line, but I don't think anybody's ever going to hold that position the way IBM did for for so many years, or the way 3M did for so many years, uh, or the way Microsoft did for so many years. And I, I think those days are uh, the the culture moves too quickly for that to happen again. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> um I, i'm not even gonna go through the contact us stuff because we're not gonna be doing a show for a couple of weeks so don't contact us right now um come back in the new year go to dot and uh actually I'm, I'm gonna reverse myself use this time while we're taking a break to flood our inboxes with with content with suggestions with topics of course, it's not going to be a break to you, is it? Because we're releasing these on the regular yeah,
1: schedule. Say, by the time this is released, then it'll be time for you to ramp it back up. <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> so uh, anyway, elementop.com, that's where you can find um, the contact page, the voicemail, the, the stuff that I have said so many dozens of times on this show that I'm sure you're tired of hearing it, as as I am tired of saying it. Come on, people, we need you. We need you to, uh, to speak up. And uh, if you want to get me a Christmas present... Uh, go over to iTunes and give us a five-star uh, rating and a review. And uh, yes. I will be your best friend.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, get these these golden voices. Uh, make us prominent.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Sean, Merry Christmas, even though when this comes out, it will already be past Christmas. And Happy New Year, even though when this show comes out, it will be past the new year. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure working with you, and I'm not going to say anything else for the rest of the year.
1: Uh, Me either, except for the ever present great show. With that, this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.